Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Well, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Clotho, at Clotho Spindle on Twitter, joined with Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I'm at the Chickren on Twitter. Kama? Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me at the hyphen real hyphen comma splice on Tumblr. And Devin. Hi, this is Devin. I'm GD Harpo on Twitter and Tumblr. Cool. Uh, we're discussing Tyrion's second chapter in A Storm of Swor- Swords, and as always, spoiler warnings for A Song of Ice and Fire and the show Game of Thrones, as well as warnings for any potential discussions of violence and rape. Um, I'll do a brief recap. Uh, Davos washed up on an island in the Blackwater Bay and is rescued by Salador Sans' fleet. Sansa tells Marjorie and Olena that Joffrey is a monster, and Olena offers her marriage to Willis. John meets Mance. Jorah tells Danny to change course and set sail for Astapor and buy and to buy the Unsullied Army. Bran and company are resting in Tumbledown Tower. Jamie Bran and Cleos, meanwhile, make a stop at the Inn of the Kneeling Man. And we're going <laughs> to jump into Tyrion. <laughs> Tyrion pays a visit to Varys, who confirms that the rumor that Pycelle is back on the small council is true. Tywin thought it was better to keep Pycelle close than to receive a new Meister under the thumb of the Tyrells. He also informs Tyrion that Sir Boris Blount is back on the King's Guard. Cersei had stripped him of his white cloak previously for letting, Tyrion, letting Sir Bronn seize Tommen. Varys doesn't give him any information that would connect Sir Mandon more to Cersei, but when Tyrion asks Varys to bring him Shay, Varys warns him that the Kettle Blacks have been reporting his movements back to Cersei. Uh, Varys admits that Tywin has asked him to spy on Tyrion, and Tyrion briefly ponders, you know, the ramifications of this. He reasons in it, you know, in his own mind that Shay would have been dead by now if Varys had truly wanted to snitch on him. So he kind of goes ahead and jumps right in and says, asks Varys to let him use his room as a rendezvous, rendezvous point for the evening. Get that. Of course he does. <laughs> Yeah, of course he does. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> I love how it's like he can't just make sure that Shay's okay. He's got a banger first. <laughs> this is for give me the classic let's think with my dick move. <laughs> oh, man. There's a lot that's interesting here, though. Like, I find it so... <laughs> we We get these little hints about Varys and how he lives and everything, you know, like, once in a while, you get a little bit from Tyrion, you get a little bit from Jamie. It is so interesting. Like, isn't it funny that he lives in this, like, completely windowless little cell? Is it because it's secure? Is it because there's no way into it? Like, no window? Is that why he does this? I like to think he really does have back problems. Yeah, I thought that sounded <laughs> legit. <laughs> I mean, it just adds a whole other, you know, flavor to the thing that I just really appreciate. I mean, I can sort of see maybe he wants to contrast, you know, your sort of assumptions are that he'd live in this very, like, lush, you know, he'd want, you know, he seems like he likes to eat and he likes to, you know, he seems like he wants comforts and you you get this impression of that, but then he's just pretty, uh, you know, spare. Well, it's like he knows how to, like, you know, like, he he knows when you gotta, like, do the work. That's what I feel like with Ferris, like, 
it does seem like he he tends to want some certain kind of life but then it's like if he's gotta you know like pretend to be a dirty jailer or <laughs> dress up yeah. as you know a, a lady whatever it is. lady he's yeah. ready to go for it yeah, I mean, I guess he just kind of does whatever he has to do. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, it, it sort of seems like his life, like, it seems like he doesn't have a life. You know, it's just all devoted yeah. to that. One, you know, one-minded. Yeah, it's all kind of, like, fake. But it's also interesting here, too, how he's talking about his own spy network. And, like, I don't know how I kind of had missed it that he definitely has a spy, like, this deep in the Citadel. Yeah, yeah. That, that, was, that yeah. surprised me. That yeah. was, Like, is it, are they kids that he has just... Like maybe cupbearers or something there. Like that was that stood out to me because Tyrion yeah. talks about how like their those meetings are like closed off from everybody else, and it's just um, a certain group of them like choosing like the Grand Masters and things like that. So, so that one really stuck out. So he uses Lannister money. Is that accurate to buy all these spies out? Is that the no? Or what is he doing? Like how does he get these people to? I don't know. I mean, like, I, you <laughs> know, is it like he does a favor for somebody? Who knows? But yeah, this I don't know how I never caught this before, but I, I don't ever remember registering this before that he definitely has a, a spy this deep in the Citadel. I mean, to like be in on these meetings where they're talking about, you know, I mean, like, think of it like in terms of like, you know, replacing the Pope or something. It's like, imagine yeah. being able to get yeah. a spy into that meeting. Yeah, you know? that's, it, that's a certain that that's pretty deep cover. Yeah. And he seems pretty anyway, successful. Yeah, I mean, he seems successful at it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you can you, you can know. tell why he's survived more than one regime. I mean, you know, Varys is scary tricky. And then there's all this stuff that he knows about the Kettle Blacks and Cersei, which oh, I had forgot yeah. Tyrion knew this much. <laughs> that was just so funny when when he was like, wait, what? You know, are you telling me that my sister is? And I'm like, dude, you have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has some clue. I mean, he knew about Lancel, but God. Yeah. And he do you- can't let go. I don't know if I'm skipping ahead, but that business about the chain, this guy cannot let go. It's like, dude, you <laughs> lost. Your dad took his job back. Get over it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, because he, th- you know, there's a couple spots here where he's, you know, I, I guess he mentions that he's. He kind of makes that little comment about complimenting, like, you know, half backhanded compliment of Blount. And he's, it's so, it's all just to get back at Cersei and to get, you know, everything is so personal. He takes it so personal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously she wanted to kill him. You know, he knows that. So, I mean, he would take it personally, but still, it's like, it's pretty. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like, where is he going? You know, we kind of talked about this before, but I mean, like, even if he could prove that, you know. Cersei convinced one of the Kingsguard to kill him. I mean, it's like, where does that go? <laughs> yeah. Your father yeah. would just yeah. find another excuse. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know how this story ends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's because Tywin's already done things that, that Cersei didn't like. You know, he put him back on and then things that Tyrion doesn't like. So he doesn't, he's not really concerned about their opinion that much. <laughs> it's been a story. Every <laughs> does one of these things, I think of, um, did you guys ever watch Mad Men? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a scene with, I think it's Pete, and he's trying, the parents are horrible to him. His his relationship with his father is awful, and the mother's not much better. And at one point, he's trying to do something, and Trudy just looks at him and goes, Oh, Peter, don't go to the well. There's no water there. I kind of remember that. 
And I'm like, that is totally what Tyrion's trying to do. And it's like, no matter what you try, kid, you know, your father's, it's not, you're never going to get the best of your sister there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it comes down to. <laughs> okay. Tyrion goes back to his rooms uh, to get spiffy for Shay. <laughs> this is kind of funny. At first, he chooses the usual Lannister fare, satin breeches and black velvet doublet with lion's head studs. But then he decides against a flashy clothes because someone might get suspicious that he's getting all you know dressed up just oh, to see Varys. God. So he, he puts on simpler garb and tells Pa that he is going to see Varys. We see several characters, you know, he's he's kind of thinking, trying to play it cool and he passes uh, Sir Balanswan and and um, sort of a little bit of the interesting point on the way there is uh, Loras, um, who yeah he stops to talk to, kind of just kind of blurts out like you know asks him a question like why did he choose to join the King's Guard at seventeen, and Loras replies it is not necessary for a third son to wed or breed, um, you know they kind of this it's pretty good back and forth yeah. here and. Loris responds, when the sun has set, no candle can replace it. When he kind of questions, you know, how doesn't he want something outside of that? Oh, God, I love this. I mean, like, I love this line that 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 Loris has about, you know, like, when the sun is set, whatever it is, I'm not looking at it. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, I mean, like, God, I love the I love the Loris and Renly love story, even though they can both be kind of jerks. Yeah, it's it's nice that to, to go back and see the fleshed out. You know that there's sort of more deepness to it here, and the well, a lot more deepness to it here. Mm. And I love the way that you know you get Tyrion's view of Loris, which is not dissimilar to Jamie's view of Loris, yeah. where you know kind of the hot-headed side of him. I mean, I think it's genuinely a good question to ask, like, why, you know, it's like, I, I wonder when they're picking people, do they ever ask them, why do you want to be on the King's Guard? You know, is that like an interview process? Like, it's a, you know, because I think that's very telling when you. <laughs> well, the one thing that it puzzles say? me is, doesn't, isn't it fairly common knowledge that, that Loris is gay? Yeah, it you seems like Jerry, it. I yeah. mean, like, know. among so, a certain set. I, I mean, I, I could see the motivation there. You know, you you want to continue to do these nightly things. You don't want to have to, you know, pretend with a woman. Yeah. Um. I mean, it doesn't seem like that much of a stretch to me. I mean, of course, the probably the other point of this is that he's doing it partially so he may be able to protect his sister. But yeah. uh, I don't know. But it is a good question. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because even if he, you know, people say, oh, he could still, you know, sleep around on the side even if he was married, but he probably wouldn't want to, you know, even put up with, you know, what, how would he even, you know, feel like wanting to go through the motions? So, yeah, it would be a good choice. Now I'm just thinking about, like, Kingsguard selection. Like, do they, is there a personality test? Is there... <laughs> oh, like, they give those, inter- like, what would you bring to a potluck? Like, you know, this weird interview questions, like, yeah. off the wall. Like, <laughs> oh, man. I've never heard that one, but I like it. Which inn is your favorite inn? Who's, you know, like, <laughs> We're going to have you fold a thousand paper cranes. <laughs> Which I still, I believe was, um, there's a book by Mary Roach, uh, a great, wonderful um, author, and she's got a book about, it's called Packing for Mars, and that this, I believe, was the test to be, a, one of the tests to be a Japanese astronaut. You, you literally had to fold a thousand paper cranes. 
That's pretty cool, what? actually, because <laughs> that's very exacting. <laughs> I can't even make for one. A second. Like, well, <laughs> kinda... it's detail oriented. Yeah. Is your first crane is or your last tra- crane as good as your first? You're going to be up in space. It's not like you're going to be fighting, you know, off Klingons. I mean, you're going to be doing like scientific experiments. Could be repetitive and boring. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's it nothing to do with the King's Guard, but you know. <laughs> And I wonder, like, have they ever said who, like, obviously the king, but, you know, what is the process? Like, who, you know, right here, it sounds like Tywin and everybody else has their hand in it, but traditionally, like, who has nominated? So who has, you know, how does this all work? I'd like to know more about. Interesting. He needs to write, and George needs to write a little There's, there's definitely a weird, like, political element to it, you can tell, like, because it, it is an honor, you know, for some houses. And... So they try to keep it even of which houses would... <sighs> I suppose you would just, you know, if you felt like you needed to for political expediency. What I've always wondered is, like, how long would they leave an opening open in the Kingsguard? Because, like, what we see, they fill them really quickly. But, like, Uh, would it always be that way? Yeah, that seems kind of, it seems like they're just slapdash because they're they're all chaotic and a mess right now. Yeah, yeah, you'd think normally (laughs) they take their time and really give it some consideration. I'm just still, I'm just constantly baffled by... If you need protection, especially especially in this society where, you know, it's like not a modern place where you think, oh, they're going to be respectful of age or respectful of, you know, you know, put you on a different job. It's a very specific like the military. You can't be in if you're not physically fit. So I don't I can't wrap my head around that this is for life. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me in this world that he that George Martin made this as a life position. Like, where does that make any sense? Unless yeah, they well, die when they're younger. I mean, <laughs> that's... I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why he has so many different orders that people commit to for life. Because yeah. it's like, there's the Citadel, there's the Night's Watch, then there's also this Kingsguard thing. You know, I mean, like, there are these things that people just, like, commit to for life. And I guess it's, he's making it, like, you know, an analog to, like, be, you know, like, joining a monastery yeah. in, like, medieval Europe must be what he's thinking. I could but... see the wall, maybe, because then you could always bring younger people in, and I could see the Citadel, because the same thing, you could retire, you, you could have your other ones work in-house and do lighter work like they do in a priesthood. But, mm-hmm. right. but with like military, you can Seven can't... sisters yeah. or whatever, that kind of makes sense. There's no military that does this. Like, I don't even think there's a, would be a medieval, no, no comparable... Well... There were medieval, you know, branches of, 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 you know, like, but but I mean, actively letting people actively let them be like 80 and still be active. Yeah, no, I don't know. That's That's what crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I mean, like, let's be real. I don't know that he thought everything through. He didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Because I still feel like as much as it sucks for Jamie, I feel like he can't do his duty as a one unless he could suddenly fight well with his other sword hand. He should be removed because he can't do his you know, he can't. Yeah, you know, you know, I don't disagree with you. It's so weird that that isn't like a precedent because they're yeah. all knights and they must all get injured. Yeah. I mean, like, it yeah. must happen in every generation of, of the King's Guard that like, someone is maybe on the ability yeah. to fight. Yeah, this is not what an ADA about... you know, society where you can. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Go out and find. Uh, no, he didn't think this through. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I surprised? <laughs> Again, maybe they just hope they all die young. <laughs> it's too dangerous to worry about it. Um, okay. 
We'll go on to our final section. Tyrion finds Varys... When he arrives at the room, he finds Varys dressed as a woman. <laughs> and he describes, like, a curly, dark-haired wig and, like, <laughs> everything. <laughs> and then he, and then he sees Shay sort of pops from behind, um, surprises him. And while this is happening, Varys slips away. Um, they have sex, and as soon... Like, immediately afterwards, like, literally immediately after, Tyrion insists it must be their last time together. He wasted no time. Um, he says the danger is too great. She, in turn, refuses to leave the city, tells him she loves his looks, especially his scar. She lays it on thick. And then she goes right into she wants her silks and her jewels um, back. <laughs> Tyrion again attempts to point out the dangers. Shay responds by asking if she can go to the wedding. <laughs> Which does not sound like a smart idea. Simon Silvertongue <laughs> has really been talking it up. He he, he just oh, goes God. on about a, a fool's joust, an amazing feast. Tyrion expresses surprise that Shay has spoken to him. Shay convinced Lady Tan- Tanda to hire him to play for Lalas. She asks yet again to go to the wedding. Tyrion denies yet again. And while she gives him the silent treatment, he begins to search for the secret passages the Varys uses. Um, Shay tells him about the stairs under the bed. He promises to keep her safe. She promises she is satisfied to simply be his whore. He returns to his room. <laughs> Sorry, it's just really back and forth. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're doing a great job, Chloe. So I was like dying there. I know, it's just like, <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I'm almost done that we could talk. But Tyrion wakes Pod, tells him to fetch Bronn. It takes half the night because Bronn is at Chataya's brothel. And the chapter ends with Tyrion ordering Bronn to find some Simon Silvertongue before someone else does. So yeah, it's kind of... God. He is... I thought, <laughs> you know, we'd had that nice little break... It's back. It's back. I'm like, everything. This man, everything about him is just so vile. I'm like, why didn't I see this before? No. I mean, like, even the bit about uh, the girl whose name I can never pronounce, the reader, uh, the prostitute who reads the books. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, who's a little girl. I mean, again, none of these, it's not like these people are like, you know, 27. They're yeah. like, She's a child. Isn't and she also is, very young? Yes. Yeah. Okay, because reading this, I felt like, yeah, she yeah, she's is. Teenager. She sounds like it. Yeah, she sounded, <laughs> yeah. And he, like, he congratulates himself on his restraint in not sleeping with this prostitute. Oh, yeah, because then he's but jealous he's that Bron had. That Bron did it, and it's like, he's so possessive banger. about it. And I'm, I'm like, like, what? Dude, it's not, you yeah. know. Yeah, that was... Skifo. Yeah. Well, what's weird is how he was he was really possessive about Shay earlier in the chapter because he's seen her around the Red Keep and seen oh, like yeah, people yeah. flirting with her, and he's he's all pissed off and was jealous about that. And then here he goes like he's all jealous about Aliyah, and it's like what? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like he's not so pure of heart. <laughs> No, I oh, and and she and like like you were saying, Devin. She talks the way she talks. It's so, it's just so immature, and she lays it on thick. You'd think he'd pick up on like, I mean, the the levels of self deception going on here. I mean, I know we're supposed to believe that he's totally enamored, but it's so obvious the silk of the, yep. like it's. Oh, God, my he thing even was... points it out. Yeah, yeah, to himself. <laughs> Like he's, what am I doing here? Like he, oh my god. Well, and my thing is just, it's this has been the issue with Shay the whole time. It's like her life is in danger every minute she's near you. And if you actually cared about her, you would just send her away. You would send her so far away from you, yeah. like you wouldn't even pretend to do any of this shit. And what do you You'd think? Just be like, 
Get her out. Certainly <laughs> wouldn't be banging her. What is? No. Go- I mean, what is? And what is going on with her lack of um? Which we didn't see as much in the show, so it's easy to forget her lack of self-preservation. Because asking to go to the wedding, um, maybe it's age. I don't know the fact. Yeah, that she I didn't doesn't remember any of that. Dangerous, like I kind of did. I mean, it's mm-hmm. sort of like though. It sounds like this wedding is being marketed as like the event of the century, complete with the pigeons shitting all over everything. Which I will never understand where that came from, but. So she genuinely um, thinks she can. She and I think. Have a well, problem. the other thing is, is okay. I mean, she's a prostitute, which Tyrion keeps forgetting. I mean, yeah. she wants her stuff back. She had a sweet deal before. <laughs> she had her yeah. fancy house. She had servants who waited on her. She wasn't running around doing anybody's bidding, let alone this girl who sounds like she's, you know, wasn't too with it before the gang rape and pregnancy. You know, now she's a servant. She, you know, she's got nothing except to, I mean, she doesn't even have any other protector. It's him. So maybe it's sort of like her hustle and she figures she's so low on the, the you know, totem pole that nobody will worry about her. That nobody bother killing her because she's so minor. Maybe. Well, I, don't know. I think, she, I think number one, she has no idea what the threat is from Tywin because how yeah. would she really, yeah. I mean, like. At her age and with with what her interactions and experience have been, she just looks at Tyrion and she's like, oh, he was the hand of the king. He's a Lannister. His sister's the queen. He has so much power, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think she just sees him as her meal ticket. I mean, she's just being, in a way, she's being smart because she's so smart to, like, you know, play it off like she doesn't even notice his scar. And it's like, you know, George does these things for a reason. And it's like, we've had, you know, already Bronn's reaction to, to Tyrion's looks, Tywin's reaction, Varys's reaction. And these have all been people who don't maybe necessarily want to tell him he's ugly, but they're like, you know, they're like, wow, it's bad. And it's like, yeah. then he sees Shay, who's a teenage girl. And she's like, oh, I don't even notice it. You look better. And it's like, this is so clearly a lie. She's a good prostitute. And she knows how to make sure that she doesn't, you know, like interfere with her client giving her money or, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, how can he not see that? How can he not understand that that's what it is? The people who know him and who have no reason to lie to him don't lie to him about well, how bad this nose situation is. And, and people who aren't exactly known for, like, you know, laying all their, their cards on the table. I mean, yeah. it's not like he's dealing with i don't know like let's say you know sansa or Arya or somebody he's dealing with you know tywin and Bronn and i mean and Varys for god's yeah. sakes i and mean she, they are not men who yeah. just you know lay it all out there <laughs> i mean i want and she's um did he tell her in the book i'm forgetting i remember that he was by the fire did he just tell Bron, or did he tell her her or who did he tell about taisha i know in the show he told they were sitting around he told both of them Was i it think the it's same? just Bron in, in the books isn't it okay yeah. well then yeah. that makes more sense too because she wouldn't know i think if he had i can't remember if i mean that would be no cool. or did she tell i know did he tell her in the bed and she got really quiet i think she told him i thought <sighs> He, oh, God. He I feel like you might have because I feel like he might have because I feel like I remember him thinking like, why am I even telling her? Oh, this? yeah, yeah. And then she oh. got like pale and like ghostly pale. Like, why is she forgetting that? She shouldn't be forgetting that. Like, oh, you're so right. Crazy. Yeah, he did, he did tell her yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. So, well, he told Braun first in the yeah. veil when they were thought they were going to die okay, so that's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So they just oh. okay. I think we, we talked about it. I think we <sighs> yeah. actually because I mean, she, she totally changes her kind of game with him yeah Yeah, i'm vaguely remembering that 
But still, I, I, I mean, guess if she hadn't met Tywin in person, it might be you know, convince yourself that it's yeah. not as bad. You know? Well, and I mean, like, if I'm giving Sansa a pass for being naive, I got to yeah. give Shay one, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think, again, you know, everybody's talking about this wedding. It's on everybody. I mean, it's like I'm trying to think of it's like, I don't know, the equivalent of being invited to, like, William and Kate. You know, uh-huh. it's she wants to go and have a good time and he's you know, she wants something for this arrangement, which she's not getting anything out of uh, right yeah, now. Yeah, she's got to be bored yeah. out of her mind sitting in a room with Lady Tanda and Lawless and Well, and working. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah, not working, just, I yeah, mean, she's cleaning yeah. out slop pails uh, and, yeah. you know, I, and again, I can't imagine that Tanda or Lawless before this was anything amazing to uh, work for. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, like, yeah, she's naive and she's very young, but, you know, she, she does have her hustle on. I mean, you know, like, yeah. you, can't, you can't fault her. She is smart about some things. I mean, she's pretty smart about how she's playing Tyrion, that's for sure, because he does whatever she wants. Yeah, maybe she figures the risk is worth it, that it's worth potentially getting more money out of him to take that risk. I'm sure yeah. she does. Yeah. I mean, she went from, like, you know, oh, God, basically yeah. sleeping with hedge knights. Yeah. To she scored like you know the queen's brother and, and like and, you yeah. can't blame her well, for hanging and that out. stuff is not safe either so she could easily get killed with a head you know somebody could well kill and her easily, not just you know? I mean she didn't just go from sleeping with hedge knights she went from probably going trick to trick yeah. to having yeah. a regular gig yeah I mean you know I kind of get why you'd want that so yeah. yeah well I mean I I get why she doesn't want to give up on it you know I get it I do. So I mean, weak, I'm less sympathetic <laughs> about the, oh, I want to go to the wedding business. But, you know, again, I get it. And again, if you're that young, I can see why you'd be fooled or you'd be convinced that, hey, there's no danger. And like, again, she went from having all this stuff, you know, now she's she's yeah. doing the work and not work she's trained for. Yeah. Yeah. But not even that she wants to go to the wedding, but like she talks about them sneaking off. At some point during the wedding, because there's going to be so many people like she she's really not grasping the danger at all. Yeah, she said, they, oh, my gosh. Could you yeah. imagine if someone ran into them? That's a, oh, God. Well, I think she's trying. I'm assuming she's trying to sell it to him. Oh, yeah. To try, oh, I'll yeah, yeah, true. Because she knows that he'll do anything. He'll do. Him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he just pretty much risked everything to, you know, her life yeah. for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, uh, do we have any mail this week? We do. Uh, we have two messages. Uh, okay, we've got one from Shelby who says, Hi guys, you're doing great work as always, giving you all, giving you all the heart eyes. Uh, I was listening to your old podcast episode, Jamie 1 and 2, and I wanted to say after reading Brienne's POVs and then rereading Jamie's A, Song of Ice, uh, I'm sorry, A Storm of Swords chapters, Am I the only one that, after learning Brienne's backstory, thought that when Jamie asked if Bree was an only child and that she had that little slip, she was going to say, my father's only surviving child, not my father's only son, since in her POVs we find that all of her siblings dies and that she doesn't think of herself as someone's son, but a freak who is neither daughter nor nor a son. I don't remember, to be honest. uh, Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess there'd be really no way of knowing for sure what he, you know, did he, because I'm trying to, I'd have to see the passage to see what she, if it was just the S she started out saying, or. And I was a bad 
I didn't do any. <laughs> did you not do homework on this mail? I did not. I saw. <laughs> um, but um, all right. Well, we don't know. I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, if we if we're ever talking about it again, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. Also, to reply to the answer you guys gave him about Jamie and Turian's nose kiss. Ah, she said, this is her. Ah, come on, guys. It was just a little boop on the nose. Laugh out loud. It's not like they made out. I didn't think it was weird, especially since Jamie didn't think he would see Tyrion again. But I'm an only child, so what do I know? Ha ha. Yeah, I have a brother, and, you know, yeah. while we're, we're affectionate now, we basically fought all the time as children. Um, okay, when I asked why we didn't get more moments of Tyrion and Jamie together before it all went to hell, I was really asking why they didn't have at least one or two scenes together just to show their connection. Similar to how John and Arya's scene established their friendship. Since the only time we see them together is at that breakfast conversation where there was a lot of tension, we really don't have a reference for their dynamic. Since the only time we see Tyrion and Jamie together is at that breakfast, it was odd for me to see Jamie get so pissed about his kidnapping. I could tell Jamie was mad for Tyrion's sake, not just because it was an insult to his house, which is why Tywin was mad about it. Uh, before Jamie killed Ned's men in Tyrion's name, I thought it was quite possible that Tyrion's admiration and love for Jaime was most mostly one-sided, since again, we only had that one scene. I know we had Tyrion thinking positive things about Jaime, but show, don't tell, you know? Especially when your story has unreliable narrators. Their dynamic wasn't really well established to me in the beginning, and I think it may be because um, Martin didn't have Jaime's character 100% developed at that time. He did once plan to have Jamie betray Tyrion to steal the throne after all, but the Jamie we ended up with doesn't want to rule. Keep being awesome, Shelby. Well, <laughs> I mean, what I would say about that, and like, I feel like we've just been back through this, and Tyrion said, it, you, you really do find out a lot about what the Tyrion and, and Jamie relationship is through Tyrion's POV. And like, even though, yeah. Technically, there there is some unreliable narration throughout A Song of Ice and Fire. It's it's actually fairly rare. You can pretty much rely on what goes on in most people's heads, or you know, like very few people are having incorrect memories. It happens rarely, and when it does, it's pretty significant. It's not it's not as though we can never trust anything that anyone thinks about or remembers. And Tyrion thinks a lot about a lot of really concrete things with Jamie. You know, gifts Jamie gave him, and just the Taisha story alone. Yeah, pretty clearly outlines what the Jamie Tyrion relationship is to me. So I do yeah. feel like he he did establish it fairly well, considering that you're not in Jamie's head. And either. I think he establishes it through Cersei because you can see that Cersei gets upset that Jamie, you know, in, in different points when it's discussed that you know, sort of she's felt like Jamie sort of stopped her. You know, you get those impressions when they were little that he stopped her from being mean. You know, the whole abuse and everything mm-hmm. of him when he was tiny. Um, so that lens sort of backs up Tyrion's, you know, why else would she be yeah. so upset, you know, and jealous? I mean, on the other hand, I don't blame anyone for not wanting to read Tyrion's chapters closely enough to find it. So that's... <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. We also have another email. Um, Devin, I'm glad you're guesting because it's one of our favorite greetings. Dear ladies and occasional gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to thank you all very much for creating this lovely podcast. Since discovering it a few months ago, it has made me gain a huge appreciation for long waits and commutes. Recently, I even look forward to waiting in a hospital waiting room because I had the close the door episode. Oh, no. oh, glad we can help. <laughs> oh, 
When I first started listening, I had trouble understanding a few words sometimes and had to rewind a bit, but I found I don't need to do that much anymore. So I'm really grateful to this podcast for improving my listening skills, too. Oh, um, no. Sorry, our <laughs> dialect over here. <laughs> um, I enjoy the book analysis the most because you are all such attentive and intelligent readers. Every chapter makes me reread the book in a new light, and I especially love the discussions about characters. You guys understand Jamie and Brienne and many other characters so well. Since this is a done thing, I'm going to shout out to Kama for being my favorite. She sounds so pleasant Aww. and soothing and says funny <laughs> things with a straight voice. She sounds and is so smart, and I always understand what she's saying. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome, though. I'm laughing because it's awesome. But I love the rest of you guys, too. I finally caught up with the podcast, and I'm enjoying the Tyrion reread. He is one of my favorite POVs in books one through three, and I love his relationship with Jamie. (laughs) But listening to you smart guys has made me realize, oh, God, I feel so bad. Oh, yeah, sorry. (laughs) Ruining Tyrion for everybody. For everybody. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I made me realize I overlooked faults he has had since the beginning, and his dark turn and the dance with dragons did not come out of nowhere. I still feel for him because all he wanted was to be loved and accepted, and his dream in A Clash of Kings, in which his family prays him and Jamie knights him, breaks my heart every time. I find it interesting that when both he and Jamie lost body parts, their first thought was to replace it with a golden one. Yeah. Yeah. We should have talked about that. Yeah, that was in this episode he mentioned. Actually, I just have a question. Um, uh, Let's see. Why do you guys think he never had a prosthetic nose made? It would have helped his self-esteem and his hatred for his looks a little. Anyhow, sorry for the super long message. Lots of love. Lazy cat. I think he knew they would have gave him some silly nickname. Like, they, it wouldn't have been a, um, you know how other people, you know, Golden Hand the Just or something, he'd get, you know, some people get it's a spiffy not. nickname. He, he'd he get, like, a, a ridiculous, yeah, they'd, they'd make something to make fun of him, I think. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's a little of the Jamie thing of leaning into the Kingslayer name. I think there's something in them where they're so proud <laughs> that they almost enjoy, like, you know, throwing yeah. it in, in people's faces that they're whatever they are. I don't know. That's my impression with Tyrion because I, yeah. you know, it's like he, I, he he thinks a lot about like yeah, now I'm finally the monster that they thought I was. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. over it because it, it it's it sounds ghastly. Like it sounds, you know, as much as you wouldn't yeah. want to to have, you know, difficulty yeah, yeah. looking at that. It, it, the way they describe it, it sounds like it'd be difficult. I don't even know how you function. I don't either because it sounds like it. It actually. Well, it's interesting because I don't think George does enough to talk about how it must affect. I mean, like, he, yeah, you must have a completely says, yeah. different way of, like, breathing and breathing, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and George cold? doesn't talk about it, but. I'm like, I'm suffering through allergy oh, season right gosh. now, and I can't even oh, begin yeah, to God. wonder how you function like that. I don't either because you need those hairs in your nose, those terrible hairs. Like, they actually keep stuff out. And like he's lost all that. I you would think that he would be having real bodily like issues that he would be dealing with on a constant basis because of it. I don't know. I don't know. We need somebody who doesn't have a nose, I guess, to tell us exactly what the issues are. Yeah, I don't know. That's our mail, by the way. <laughs> that was good mail. That was good mail. Thanks for writing in. And yeah, you know what I was laughing at because it is always awkward when you read mail and the compliments are for you and you're reading the mail. It's a little little better when somebody else is on mail duty and like <laughs> it's I, I like you appreciate like them. 
I, I would like to state here that I did not pay Lazy Cat. She said that all of her own free will. Or he, I don't I'm guessing it's a woman, but... Okay, you can reach us at close the door and at gmail.com on Tumblr at close the door and come here at tumblr.com. Follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Please like, review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, YouTube, Google Music, wherever you listen. And please support us on Patreon at close the door. <laughs> uh, goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <Thanks for> moderating. <laughs> Thank you. I'm closing the door. Get out. <laughs>